everybody welcome to welcome back to your creativity this is dylan we're on a zoom call with a special guest today he's uh known as the one the most sarcastic comedian of all time and he's usually seen on stage with a trademark cigar bob zaney how are you i'm doing great dylan and uh yeah it, it, what an honor to be the most sarcastic comedian I just did some sarcasm for you. By the way, I love the name, I love the name of your podcast and the way you spell it out with an eight in there. It's very cool. It, it started off as an eight uh, question blog, so I thought I'd incorporate that into the the podcast name. Well, and I think what you've done is you've you've taken creativity to the next level. There we go. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And that was sarcasm, by the way. <laughs> I got to get used to that with you. Can I just wake you up or something, man? I mean, I got more. I got more energy in me, and I, I'm the one working nights here. Okay. All right. I'll. I'll By the I'll way, ramp it up. Just in case this doesn't work out, I've got the Bob Dole funeral on mute, so I can really okay. have something that, to look over to. By the way, uh, it's it's interesting. He survived, of course, by his wife Elizabeth and a pineapple farm. Pineapple farm. Yeah, dull. Okay. <laughs> wow. Wow. Can is there a way you could do like a crawler with the jokes and explain it to the folks <laughs> as I go? A pineapple farm. Dull. Yeah, Are you not uh, one of the pineapples where you live in Utah? No, I, I don't eat you a lot of pineapples. Indigenous, indigenous no, means they belong. <laughs> well. I not getting the sarcasm as quickly. I'm starting to think I don't belong in this this interview, but <laughs> that was sarcasm. I will, I, I will tone it down and let's just do the interview, baby. Okay. And by the <laughs> okay. way, thank you for all the work you've done for Dry Bar for me, helping me out with that because, uh, boy, a lot of people are watching the special, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's doing great. And, and all the Disney reports are getting good feedback and everything just we're there are huge fans down there of you and we appreciate you yeah you know and uh, you know it's kind of like the weekend update that norm mcdonald used to do and i actually i wrote a joke for norm on weekend update that he did when he used to do uh larry king remember that the impression yeah and he said i remember when they called it sugar diabetes and for some reason norm loved that <laughs> That's good. Um, I while researching for this, I found your um, uh, baggage claim talk show and saw your episode with Norm. Where, where yeah, did the idea for that come from? Well, I mean, it's just I, I've run into so many comedians over the years at baggage claims, so I said, well, I might as well pull out the camera and see what I can get. And uh, the last episode I think I did was with Lavelle Crawford, who you know he played the the guy on Breaking Bad. Uh, for Saul's bodyguard, yeah, but he's also a great stand-up, and I'm interviewing him, and we get interrupted by TMZ, and they they <laughs> recognize him, but not me. So I thought maybe I don't. Um, my my friend Arvin, who's also a dry bar comedian, he's good friends with Mabel, and they they've known each other for years, and 
Arvin has nothing but good words for him. He's a good guy. He actually he had just seen the movie I did with Eric Roberts and Nia Peoples called 23 Minutes to Sunrise because we filmed it in St. Louis where he's from. That's where Arvin grew up. Um, well, that's how we know each other. They probably did that that whole circuit thing saying, I'm going to be a comic. Really? So am I. It's funny. <laughs> when I started out with all the people who said they're going to be comedian, boy, did they really work out for a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them say it, but, you know, it, it's a lot of work. I being in the around the industry for the past ten years, I've I've seen that where it's you you've always got to be working on it. Well, it's a, I always get asked what you know what what do you need to do? It's really about stage time. I mean, there's only like a few that really got it in the beginning, like Eddie Murphy and Dave Chappelle. I mean, for some reason they were young and they they were like ready to go. And most of us, the first five years, you go, why am I up there? And then by the 10 years, you, you kind of know why. And by 15, you better have it down. <laughs> exactly. Your, your first uh, appearance, you know, out in the public was on the Gong Show back in 1976. Back when you were 15, what was that like? It was the uh, first time I ever performed. And uh, I, uh, to be rewarded for that, I performed on national TV. I was pulled off stage by a man dressed like a nun with a big net. So you can't hurt me, Dylan. <laughs> but the interesting thing about that, the gong show was that uh, 20 years later, I did the Tonight Show with Jay Leno in the same studio at NBC Burbank. Oh, about right. the, I, I, I didn't realize that, that's awesome. And, th and that was with Johnny? No, it was with Jay Leno. Jay Leno. I, got real close to, I got real close to doing it with Johnny in 92, I was doing Star Search with Ed McMahon, and he really liked me, and he sent over a messenger to my house to pick up a tape, as we did in the old days, to get to the town coordinator, because he wanted me on the show, but it was the last six months, so they had everybody in the world on, and I guess it didn't happen, but I used to, I was a messenger when I started out in the early 80s in Hollywood, and I would deliver to the Tonight Show bungalow, and I delivered to Johnny Carson's house on St. Cloud in Bel Air, and I would see his, uh, DeLorean in the parking lot at NBC studios. And I would just, you know, and I, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm going, I'm going to be doing a show one day and you, you say that, but you never know. And I end up doing it. So that was cool. That's awesome. I, I, I never knew he had a DeLorean. That, that, that's well, he, was awesome. an he was an investor. Yeah. Until all the, it all went down. And then the next thing you know, he's in a different car. <laughs> You're like, I lost everything. I'm not going to drive this anymore. Yeah. But that was the thing at NBC, his parking spot, it said Johnny Carson right there. So, you know, yeah, you had to go through security to get on the lot so people wouldn't, you know, bother it. Right. Who, who are some of your inspirations, uh, comedy and in life and in general? Well, Johnny was just because he was funnier when a joke didn't work. You know, yeah. uh, and I think to me, that's the trait of a true comedian, because we go out there and we do our jokes. And most of the time, and some nights, the best joke in the world just doesn't work. Maybe you leave a word out. Maybe you didn't say it right, whatever. And you get nothing and you have to get out of that and you have to keep moving. And Will Rogers um, said that the comedian has the toughest job because after every joke, his option is up. You know, because face it, I mean, you, you have to be funny consistently. And and for hours at a time, I I'm in awe of all comedians who can 
can really kill it and you're you're one of those um and yeah you were talking about the silences but the zany report that's on dry bar you know there are those silences and you you jump right in and uh raz the audience i love that there was a yeah there were some really great moments working the crowd and i love that i'm sitting behind a desk working a crowd you know i i i'm really good at that for whatever reason i can do it and uh in fact, when COVID hit and then it came back in Las Vegas, the first shows I did like at the Tropicana, the audience was literally 25 feet away. And they said, well, you're not gonna be able to work the crowd from there. I said, watch me. And I did and it worked fine, you know? I mean, it's it's interesting what's going on with the COVID is, is like, it's so hard to be a comedian and be in show business in the first place. And then they put all these hoops and ladders you have to go through just to do your show. Exactly. I don't know why ladders, but hoops. <laughs> yeah, might going through the hoops to it's a deeper fall, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, so uh, you're regular on the Bob and Tom show. Is that where you started the Zany Report, or no? I started at KLOS in Los Angeles in 1983 to 85. And the interesting thing about that is, uh, I went to college. I went to Mount San Antonio College in Walnut, California, which is where I, I grew up in West Covina. It's like 10, 20 miles away. And I was going to get an AS degree in radio and TV broadcasting. And I took three semesters. I even got my FCC license. I did everything you're supposed to do. And then I, I auditioned for the radio station at the college. And, and keep in mind, the signal went out to the parking lot. <laughs> and, uh, I auditioned and he says, no, you're not right for the station. And that's when I had that epiphany. I'm going, this is the whole reason I'm here, right? So he yeah. wouldn't let me read news on the radio station and went out to the parking lot. And the one thing they teach you, which is interesting in broadcasting school, I don't know if you went to it or not, but they teach you is don't think you're going to go to L.A. or New York and start your career. Well, a year later, I was hired at KLOS in Los Angeles at a top <laughs> 10 station in the number two market in the country. So, and it's only the one of the few times in my life that I was kind of a, you know, I, I ran into the guy later on at the Ice House in Pasadena and I went up to him and went, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> and I've never really done that in my life, but that was the <laughs> And in retrospect, I was horrible. I was horrible reading the news. I was probably nervous. But that's not the point. You go to college to learn. You're going to college to be a pro off the bat. Exactly. You're, you're there to learn. Um, speak, speaking of that, what, what's uh, or in that neighborhood, uh, what situations are most creative for you? You know, there's any report you kind of base those on headlines. But uh, you're either writing or just um, those situations. Well, just life in general. You know, you, I, I like I walk a lot and I see things. And I saw something I really interesting is uh, one of the license plates that said disabled veteran on the actual license plate. And they were driving a Kia. K-I-A. <laughs> action. I just, I see things that other people probably don't see. And that's that, and I saw this was my favorite was a personalized license plate that said rich girl. And I'm thinking, I guess carjack me was taken. I mean, <laughs> I know people with money, they don't talk. It was a Ford Fiesta, Dylan. Okay. Yeah. She wasn't a rich girl. But maybe spiritually she was rich. Who knows? And, and it's that's a dream big. You can't dissect comedy too much or it's not even funny anymore. 
Exactly. But it's fun to do have thinking jokes too. Uh, one of your statements that I go ahead. One of your statements that I like in a Zany Report is, <laughs> "You'll get that in the car later." Yeah. Well, uh, I have jokes for the soul. You know, the ones that I really like, and then I have the jokes that bought me the house in L.A. <laughs> so how you look at things. How. Um, during COVID, what, how did you shift or do you use that time to just kind of step back or what, what were you doing during COVID? No, I still worked. I mean, I, there were some places that would have me. And then also every week I do the Zany Report on 25 radio stations across the country. And I, I don't do it in one call. I do it in 25 separate calls at 25 different markets. So I kept busy with that, you know, and uh, that's that's what I did. And I think that really helped me keep my you know, edge going because being on the phone and not seeing somebody and being funny is differently. Now I get to see how you react to my sarcasm and I think I'm hurting your feelings. Whereas on the phone, I don't get that empathy. <laughs> I've only got two feelings left and oh really? Adam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tired and hungry. <laughs> Tell me about it. And that's what you need to be to go into show business. Yep. <laughs> um, you say baby a lot in your act. Where, where did, what are the origins of that? Uh, I used to do it uh, in the beginning, the 80s as a throwback to the old time comedians, you know, and I, I carried the cigar and I still do. And in fact, uh, it's just, it was just my tribute kind of to them and it became something that I was about. But which is interesting about that is Rodney Dangerfield who uh, I did his HBO special and I also worked with him for two years and I booked his rooms in Las Vegas and I got to know him. And so when I'm showcasing for the special, he sat me down and would go over my act with me to make sure it was right for the show. And he said, Bob, this baby, it's coarse to the ear. Do you think people are gonna be saying it? And I said, you know, Rodney, I, I really do. I just think it's gonna catch on, but man, it's coarse to the ear. And Rodney was one of these guys that I didn't really, I just listened and learned, you know, I didn't like say, hey, and that was the time I said, Rodney, I think this might take off. So anyway, a week goes by, I'm at the Dallas Improv and I'm sitting outside thinking about what Rodney said to me. I'm going, well, maybe he's right. Maybe I shouldn't be doing it anymore. And all of a sudden this couple walked up and went, hey, baby. So the rest <laughs> is history. But he, he was cool. He showed me. He let me watch his Ed Sullivan's that he did in the 60s and when he started developing the no respect character and he did it right. half heartedly. It wasn't like full blown yet. He was he was it was getting he was getting comfortable with it. And I, I have tape of me with the baby, like how it was a throwaway and I wasn't really comfortable with it in the beginning, too. So I kind of related to that. Yeah, I, I just wondered about that. And, you yeah, know, that, that's a that's a great story behind it like that. Um, you were in a movie uh, with Matt Damon, a Steven uh, Solberg movie with a bunch of other comedians, The Informant. What, what was that experience like? It was great. I mean, I actually auditioned for it. I went to Warner Brothers and I read the part and the late, the casting director said, can you, can you read a different part? I said, okay. So I left and then I went back in and read it. And then, you know, you, you're supposed to forget about this stuff. You know, you, you just, you do it and you don't, 
you don't care. And I really didn't because I had an audition for a year. I didn't want to have to get a shower and take the monkey suit and go with an acting coach. But I did all that. Anyway, I get a call to do it and they put me in another part. And but they like me, obviously. So my scenes were all with Matt. And I I truly believe I made him a better actor. Yeah, he, was he's right there. <laughs> no, he was that. a great guy. That, Matt Damon was a great guy. We but we had these scenes in the office where it was just him and I, and they they put the camera, you know, outside of it, and we're talking. And he says he like he Matt said, you know, I like it when a director directs me. And I said, Matt, I don't know if you're being sarcastic or not. I don't know. You <laughs> said well, a lot of these comedians, a lot of these directors don't direct. They just think that I I want. I said I want to do the what they want because it's their picture, and then I get to go home. So you yeah. learn a lot, and he was really a great guy. And he's so great. That's a very comedic role for him. And I, I just love him in it. And it's a very um, funny script. If you read the script, you, you just go, I really enjoyed it. I read the whole thing. And, uh, you know, and I did get to work with like Tommy Smothers and uh, Clancy Brown, who was the one of the guards in the Shawshank, uh, Shawshank uh, movie. And, you know, it's like I got to work with a lot of great people. Of course, Steven Soderbergh. How about that? Huh? How's that for yeah. a resume? And now I'm That's sitting in the hotel room in Jackpot, Nevada, doing your podcast. So it's all paying off, man. <laughs> so J Jackpot, Nevada, that's right on the border of Nevada and Idaho. What what, what are you doing there? Uh, well, I tried to walk outside. It's 19. So I'm actually back <laughs> in the room. I was going to walk to the post office. I actually have a joke that I've done all over the place Uh uh, about being in jackpot and it's a true story i'm walking through the casino and an older guy at the penny slot said hey bob zenny what's the joke of the day i said you're a winner <laughs> and uh anyway so by the way uh i'm i did that joke on the huckabee show on tbn and i'm taping huckabee next week for the new year's eve edition of his show which is kind of cool going to nashville actually hendersonville but we'll just say nashville I, I didn't know his show was still going. It's a great show. It's beautiful. You can see actually the episode on YouTube if you if you Google Bob Zaney Huckabee. Got the yeah, I, I, actually, I watched it last night, actually. Okay. Sorry about that. Again, I can't give you any <laughs> of this coming back, all this due diligence you put in, Dylan. I, I have stuff like that playing in the background all the time while I'm working on stuff. So by the way, I think that'd be yeah. great news for you. Due diligence, Dylan. DDD. DDD. I like it. That's a t-shirt. Endorsed by Bob Zaney. My, my next t-shirt is going to be, my wife came up with it. It's going to say, I have no friends and that's more than enough. <laughs> I'll, I'll get, I'll, I'll buy one of those. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people can relate to that. <laughs> uh, th throughout the years, what have been some of your favorite gigs and, and venues that you've that you've done well i like playing vegas you know you had asked me about vegas earlier uh and uh you know it's interesting i've added up all the weeks that i performed in vegas i've actually lived there for over three years of my life and uh played probably about 20 to 25 of the different hotels and casinos in las vegas and there's two ways to get rid of a hotel casino in vegas one they implode it or two they hire me 
But now I've moved, funny. which is weird. You know, I, I left LA. My wife and I, we moved uh, two years ago. So now we're living in Vegas. And a lot of comedians have shifted outside of LA. Um, you know, Polly's there in Vegas too. Um, yeah. How do you think that will uh, affect, you know, the comedy there in LA? I don't think it's going to affect it at all. I mean, LA is still the place to be if you're young and you want to get seen, you know. But I, I'm established, and you know, if someone wants to see me, they'll call me up, you know. But uh, you know, they, it was really tough. To, I mean, they were literally closed everything down for over a year and a half. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's see. I have, I have a series of bonus questions that we uh, close out the the podcast with. I love um, bonus the questions. <laughs> the first one is, what does creativity mean to you? Um, being able to take absolutely nothing and turn it into something. And, uh, you know, even the word, if we all just stop and something bad happens to us and realize how funny it really is, that's creative. You can't let it get to you. It's happening for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. And you, it's hard to stay in that mindset, but that's where creative creativity comes from, I think. Agreed. This next one is, uh, who is your favorite Muppet and why? Well, obviously the two old guys up in the balcony <laughs> because they're hecklers and I have yeah. dealt with hecklers over the years. I actually, there's a, I have a documentary called Close But No Cigar and I hosted a show on Comcast Comedy Spotlight and we did some shows in um, Nashville at Zany's of all places and Jeff Dunham was on the show and I'm doing my set and Jeff Dunham's up in the balcony with the old man puppet, Walter, and they're heckling yeah. me. Back and forth. <laughs> but That's awesome. Not, and then I did the Jerry Lewis telethon for 17 years and I, I was a co-host and there's a few years that I actually worked with Muppets. And I don't know if you ever worked with a Muppet. It's hard because what you want to do is look at the guy down there doing this, which yeah. I do when I'm talking to the Muppet that's here. <laughs> you know. So you, you, you look back on the tape and go, what an idiot. Yeah, you didn't that, know you that would be Muppet stuff, did you? No, I didn't. I've worked with Muppets. Do you understand? Do you understand? <laughs> you probably even know who this is, but one of the judges on the gong show was Pearl Bailey. Okay? Pearl Bailey. I've worked with Pearl Bailey and now Dylan's podcast. More bonus questions? Uh, one more. In the movie of your life, who would you like to play you? That's a great question. I think at this point in my career, it has to be me. <laughs> and exactly. me and me at 15. But looking <laughs> like this, I think that would be wonderful. Now, I never really thought about that. I, I, as quick as I can be, I don't have an answer. No, it, it's okay to play yourself. It's not like I'm a household name. I, mean, I still got to do something here. And they can Benjamin button um, your face to back when you were on the gun show. And, and yeah, all that. It's <laughs> you said that because I was doing one of the things we did in the, uh, the documentary. The director had me do a show at a nursing home. And I'm, all these people, I mean, they're in wheelchairs, they're old. And they're wonderful. I'm doing my jokes. They're laughing. And I look in the back of the room and there's a kid in a stroller. And I said, are you Benjamin Button? 
anyway. Good one. Um, I just thought of this question. Um, what, what's your favorite thing about doing the Zany report? Um, I, you know, I, the, I really like doing it on camera because I can pause a lot more and, and, and give a look because that's, that's really, they have to see where I'm coming from when I say the joke. So that's what I enjoy most. I mean, on the, on the phone, it's much different. I really, I have to make the people in the room laugh and that's it. But when I did it for Dry Bar, I had a studio audience is the way I think it should be, you know? And then they added the photos and stuff. So we'll see. There's talk of maybe doing another season. Hopefully that'll work out. That'd be great. I, I, I did the graphics for for those on, on they're Dry great. Bar for you. Yeah, they're, they're really cool. And, the, and some of the, I mean, even the photos that you use are like capturing what the essence of me, I think. Well, I, I, I was hoping so. Right now, so yeah. I, I was hoping that was the case. I was trying to be really aware of that when I was creating them. Where, where can people- Idols for that? What was that? That murder is a killer. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the titles is, they have to, I guess it's clickbait, right? Yeah. It's not like they're gonna look at my mug and wanna click on. <laughs> I would. I, I think you're hilarious. Uh, you. So if, if people want to catch you, where, where, where can they uh, look you up and see where you're playing and all that kind of stuff? Well, I'm on Instagram at Zany Bob because someone took Bob Zany. Rude. If you can believe that. Yeah. So I'm Zany Bob on Instagram. I feel bad for Top Carrot. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> by the way, I beat him on Star Search. And if you go to Vegas, Go check out Carrot Top's show. He's a good friend of mine. Scott's his name. And he shows the clip of me beating him on Star Search in his live show. So I'm in Vegas every night, even though I didn't have to be. And then uh, at Bob Zane, of course, on Twitter, uh, I got a Facebook fan page. And, uh, you know, they, they can find me. And, of course, the YouTube. And uh, everywhere else. And, and now TV, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you, Bob. No, thank you, Dylan. I really appreciate it. And I hope this is everything you wanted it to be. And if not, you got to move on. You got to yeah. understand that one day you'll get Louis Anderson and you didn't get him today. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll let you get back to, to the Bob Dole. You get right back to all this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're singing in the choir. Well, I'll, I'll let you unmute so you can hear that. <laughs> You're the best. Bay, bay. Bay. Thanks, Bob. You're the best too. Bay bay. Yeah. Bay, bay. Bay, bay. Bay, bay. There you I'll go. Practice. Little buddy Hackett there, a little out. All right. Thank you, Bob. Have a good day. You too, man. Bye. Bye bye. The podcast is done, man. <laughs>